Jack. Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello, everyone. We've got something pretty special for you this time. This ep- Well, when I say we've got something pretty special for you, I mean I've got something pretty special for you. This is a solo episode. Levi's not here. You're stuck with me. It's Jack. When I say a solo episode, it's actually our second solo episode, or first. It depends on how much you consider Jack talks to himself about Evola's revolt against the modern world to be a solo episode, because yes, while it was only me who was audible on the podcast, it was meant to be a conversation, or at least the final product was intended to be a conversation. It was a conversation when Levi and I recorded it, it's just we fucked up some of the technical things, so none of Levi's speeches is audible at all. This, though, this is the first, the inaugural, intentionally solo episode for Book Club from Hell. What have I got this time for you? Well, I was recently hiking in Nepal. I I was hiking there for almost a month, and... As as would be expected from a, a good traveller, a traveller interested in really delving into the culture of the place where they, where they are hiking, I decided to hike and read the most apposite book to Nepal, the King James Bible. And in the process of reading the King James Bible, I recalled a friend of mine who mentioned that there is this book in the Torah... The Old Old Testament is is largely congruent with the Torah. That no one really quite knew what to make of. He said it was called Ecclesiastes. And he said it really is just this guy wandering around, trying out different lifestyles and different ways to live. And at the end, he just shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't know. I don't know how to live. Everything's vanity. There, there was not much more beyond that, really. Someone came in later apparently, so biblical and Torah scholars think, and added a few sections about how actually worshipping God's the way to go. Ignore the rest of Ecclesiastes. Just worship your boy God. He's got your back. But ignoring that part, which makes Ecclesiastes a lot less interesting, this book really fucked with me. I've, uh, I've read it a few times, and I really haven't come to any firm conclusions about how to apply its message to my life. So I thought, for all of you, this book messed with my head. Hopefully it'll mess with yours. I'm going to read through it. This will be a, a, a live, re- well, a recording of a once live reading that you can play back at your leisure, thanks to the wonders of modern technology. So a somewhat live reading of Ecclesiastes with my occasional interjections which probably won't be that helpful. I'm not a biblical scholar, I'm not a Torah scholar. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. But maybe you'll listen to me talk about Ecclesiastes. Maybe it'll worm its way into your head too. Or heads, if there are multiple people listening to the same phone. Don't do that. Listen on as many devices as possible so we get those listener numbers up. That way, maybe we'll be able to advertise things to you. I will sell anything. Advertisers, if you're listening, I will sell anything. Remember... I'm a person who reads the Unabomber and talks about him, about his books, on a podcast, for free. Imagine what I'd do for money. What was I saying? Ecclesiastes. Okay, okay, so. And if any any of you are biblically inclined in the audience, and you feel like complaining that I'm using the King James Version of the Bible, 
I know it's not the most accurate necessarily. I know it's not the most readable. But one, it was the only type of Bible I could buy in Nepal. You know, being a an overwhelmingly Christian country, as you know, ninety percent Hindu, ten percent Buddhist. And it has the nicest prose. And to me, that's the most important thing. It reads beautifully, if not clearly. And I'm the podcaster, so I get to decide what I do. Shut up. Ecclesiastes, or The Preacher. Chapter 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labour, which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth towards the south, and turneth around unto the north. It whirleth around continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. So, starting out strong, we're uh, seven verses in, and already you're, you're, you're getting a sense of the, the futility that this guy is talking about. Everything's vanity. Everything in the world is cyclical. I doubt he means cyclical in the Evolian sense that Everything's fucked and we're coming up to a golden age once the Kali Yuga collapses. No, this guy, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is painting a a picture of nothing really changing and you not being able to make any change in such an unchanging world. It continues. All things are full of labour. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. It's a bit like reading books, actually. That (laughs) feels like, um, even in the context of the weird shit we read for this podcast, there are a handful of themes that almost all of these bizarre authors return to. So, Ecclesiastes, you, the preacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, good on you, you just nailed the central idea of book club from hell (laughs) there. There are, look, maybe there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are gone un- that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this is also vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief, 
and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. That's how I feel when Levi and I spread the word about all of these books on Book Club from Hell. I do feel that we are spreading wisdom, and according to the preacher, we are increasing sorrow in the world. I'm sorry if we've increased your sorrow. That's not the impression I've got, but it is here in the Bible. We are increasing sorrow. Less flippantly, so this preacher's gone, gone walkabout. He's wandering around trying to work out what is not vexation, what, what is not vexation of spirit and what is not vanity. And he's not having much luck. Turns out wisdom, shit. So uh, you hear that. Andrew Tate with Hustler University 3.0, whichever iteration he's onto, he's actually in his Discord servers that passes universities telling you to invest in whichever shitcoin is the, the, the current favourite. I think it's Doge again after Musk bought Twitter. That's spreading sorrow. I don't know what to make of that. So, alright, he's, he's already knocked away gathering wisdom as something that might not be vanity. Turns out it is. And we get to chapter 2. I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this is also vanity. So, already, yeah, fuck, you're, you're not going to get wise, or you can get wise, but it's vain. You can, you can enjoy yourself, you can take as many drugs as you want, you can get as trashed as you like. I'm sure that's exactly what this guy was doing, just blasting anything he could get up his nose, into his nose. Didn't help. His ketamine bender did not help. Goes on to say, I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart, and <laughs> unto wine, we know he was on a, on a ketabender, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. Hear that? Gigachad here. He had servants and maidens born in his house. He had a shitload of cattle. This guy is living the life. Just imagine yourself. Imagine yourself. You think those people living in Turak in Melbourne, you think they're prestigious? I bet they didn't have as many cows as this guy. All right, so he's tried a lot. He's tried going on a bender, didn't help. Tried wisdom, didn't help. Tried folly, didn't help. Tried planting himself a ton of gardens and, and pools of water. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Pools of water don't make you happy. They don't. They're vain. They're vexation of spirit. You hear that, people? Trying to get trying to get clout with all your pools of water and cattle? Stop. It's not going to help. It's here in the Bible. Where was it? <laughs> I gathered me also silver and gold, and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I gat me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments, and that of all sorts. So I was great, and increased more than all men were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. <laughs> he's still Jenny from the block. He's no no matter all the rocks that he's got, he's still he's still I don't remember the lyrics of that song. 
I don't even know if I got it right. But he's got a ton of gold and silver, got a lot of cattle, got a lot of pools of water. He's still wise and still vanity. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. He's a consumer as well. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labour, and this was my portion of all my labour. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labour that I had laboured to do, and, behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. God damn. And oh, I probably shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. This is a Christian podcast, or a Christian episode at least, led by an agnostic who <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about when it comes to the Bible. But there is something interesting happening here. So, yes, it, it, it's a fairly commonplace that money doesn't buy you happiness. I would say it buys you stability, and it can buy you the base upon which to build happiness. But... It itself doesn't buy you happiness, and he's worked that out with all his pools of water and his cattle and stuff. But he's also saying wisdom. Wisdom makes you miserable. So so what, what else does he try? He, he also tried getting fucked up all the time, and that didn't help. I can believe that. I'm sure those week-long speed benders and ice benders he was on didn't make him happy. Okay, I can accept that. The wisdom thing, though, that's that goes against... At, at least a lot of philosophers and and public intellectuals like Kanye West, when he's not busy t- talking about the Jewish media, they they all seem to think that gathering wisdom is in some way meaningful. But uh, the in the words of the preacher, the son of David, nah, nah, it's not. And I turned to myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king? even that which hath already been done. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness, and I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart, As it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, that this also is vanity. So he even acknowledges, okay, so the wise man is walking around in the light and the fool walking around in the dark, but guess what? Fuck you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. It's still vain. There might be some proximate benefits to wisdom or, or some sort of apparent advantage you have over a fool if you're wise, but in the end, it's, 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 it's vanity. It still begs the question, you know, is vanity itself negative? Certainly in this, it's, it's quite implicit that it's, it's negative. However, something I've been thinking about is, can you find meaning in vanity? Can you just give yourself over to vanity entirely? And in that, will you find some sort of meaning? Bearing in mind that I, I don't believe in God. I haven't ruled out the existence of God, but... I don't know for sure that some sort of God exists. So could you just bury yourself in vanity, embrace vanity, and unlike the preacher, not search for something that is not vain, but rather spend your time trying to appreciate the vain? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I prefaced all this by saying that I haven't made my mind up about this book. I don't really know what it's telling me, and I don't know how to how to integrate the lessons that I haven't learned from it, but I'm going to read it to you guys anyway. 
there's something here. There's something important going on. I just can't quite see it. So, for there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever. Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man? As the fool. Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labour, which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labour, wherein I have laboured, and wherein I have shown, showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. That's right. I mean, you have kids and your son or your daughter's a dumbass. You leave them all of your labour, all that labour that you laboured for under the sun, and they fuck it up. Look, he's not saying that for sure, but he's saying maybe, maybe your kid's going to be a disappointment. Oh, doesn't have to be a kid. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you just give it to someone. Give it to your best friend. Give it to your cat or something like that. And your cat pisses it away. Playing pokies, gambling, prostitutes, cocaine. Your cat is an absolute loose cannon and squanders everything you worked for. Like the little bastard he is. And that, that, that's vanity. That's vanity. Maybe even caring about that is vanity. All right? <laughs> this guy's got you either way. You're fucked. There's no way out. And uh, look, um, I've I've never been to Bible class. I don't know how it's how it's led. I'm assuming it's led more or less the same way that I'm leading it right now. If anyone listening is a Christian or has attended Bible study, let me know just how close I am to well, really to any pastor leading these sort of things. I maintain that this is, of of course, given that I am. I, I, I research these things very clearly, and I take great pains to make sure the Bible study you're getting right now is the best Bible study you will ever have. I assume that most Bible study is very similar to this, but I don't know for sure. Uh, so where were we? He, basically, he said that wise people and fools both die the same way, and maybe your kid sucks, and you leave them all of your labor, and they piss it away. It's... <laughs> Very optimistic. And he, he hates life. Yes, here it is. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labour which I took under the sun. So he went full neat. He decided that it's too much work, too much work labouring under the sun. And you're going to die anyway. It doesn't matter if you're smart or not. You're dead. You're going to die the same way. You will be forgotten. Maybe... Maybe your successes will fuck everything up that you worked for. You don't know. So go neat. Just, just, elder, lay down and rot. Get on those neat bucks. They probably didn't have neat bucks in, in, in Jerusalem a few millennia ago, but you, you never know. Maybe they did. Maybe he was just wrapped up nice and cozy while those wagey cucks were getting up each morning to go into work and get yelled at by their bosses while he was enjoying the good life. He was enjoying the good life of playing Stardew Valley, sixteen hours a day, masturbating porn for the rest to porn for the rest of it, getting half an hour of sleep. I don't know; it doesn't really matter. So neat lifestyle. The neat lifestyle is probably also vanity. But he tried it. He and look, they, he does not use the term neat in um, Ecclesiastes. What is that? No, 
no education, employment or training or some, something like that. Doesn't use it. I'm paraphrasing. I'm interpreting the Bible. This is why, this is why you listen to me. My interpretations. I, I modernize the classics. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm modernizing the Old Testament for the new generations. All right. So, for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to man that hath not labored, therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. For what hath man of all his labour, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath laboured under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity, lying awake at night. Anxiety, worrying about your job, worrying about where your life's going. Vanity, does that make you feel better? <laughs> you feel bad about it? Well, that's vain. Feel better yet? It's, uh, that's why you look for these things in the Bible. Makes you feel good, especially Ecclesiastes. For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. I repeat, because I forgot where I was. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labour. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat, or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. He got you there. He sucker punched you. He starts out saying, look, maybe, maybe, enjoying yourself, enjoying the act of eating and drinking, enjoying the act of your labor, not necessarily, not necessarily obsessed with prestige, not necessarily obsessed with where you're going, but the act of labor itself. Maybe that's something that's not vain. Maybe that's something that God gave to people. But nope, it's vanity and vexation of spirit. You're still fucked. I'm, <laughs> I'm still fucked. I don't know. I don't know how I'm meant to live my life without vanity. That's uh, something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, reading Ecclesiastes again isn't helping. That brings us to chapter 3. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboureth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So thanks, God. <laughs> you set this stuff up. You set up the world. You set there to be a time for everything. Cool. Okay. Okay. Good. So there are some sort of rule or rules for the world, whether those also extend to human beings, whether there are particular things that humans should do. 
Look, it's in the Bible, I'm going to go ahead and assume that, yeah, that is what he's saying, but I'm not entirely sure. But then God fucking makes it so that you, you can't see everything, you can't work out everything. <laughs> he, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Well, all right, thanks. I mean, what, what am I meant to do with that? You're telling me I can't know this stuff. You set everything up, but then make me too dumb. Make me a dumb ape that can't work out how everything works from the beginning. You, can't, you, you don't let me work out what isn't vanity. Just feel, feel, feels a bit like the game is rigged. Can't win. So, I go on. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Okay, so... You don't understand anything, but just, look, rejoice and do good in your life. Now, I'm going to tell you what good is, mate. I'm just going to tell you what's vain, but you can't understand it, so just enjoy it. So that that's something to be taken from here, I guess. But vague. Quite, quite vague. Hard to build a worldview on it so far. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labour. It is the gift of God, but before... I was told that it was vanity and vexation of spirit. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and that place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. You hear that? All, all those ape videos I watch of apes doing, of, of apes looking funny, chimps looking funny because they do human things. They'll be riding on a tricycle, eating an ice cream, something like that. I'm no better than them. The only advantage of the, the, over them that I have is I can watch them on YouTube, whereas they can't work computers. Maybe once they do, there will truly be no division between beasts and men. Maybe that is the final division. I can surf the internet and they can't, and I will hold on to that. I will hold on to this tiny little foothold, this tiny step I have above chimpanzees. And Ecclesiastes agrees with me. I will use this as a source. In the same way that Oscar Kismayat used, used the book of Genesis, the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, to justify why he thought that humans arose from apes who just ate each other's brains, so I will use Ecclesiastes to justify how much time I spend on the internet. There was also something about God judging the wicked. I don't know. I just took from it the, the internet thing. I should watch more YouTube, not less. I should waste more time. It's not like there are more important things I could be doing. Where, where was I? Uh, all go on to one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upwards, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? 
So, you're going to die. Enjoy what you do. That sounds pretty good to me. However, earlier in this, we're also told that any sort of wisdom is vain and that, that, that your works are also something that's so contingent that you really have no control over what happens to them after you die because the people who succeed you might screw everything up. They might not take your, oh no, your, 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 bes- your bespoke furry artwork, your furry fan fiction comics of Harry Potter that you've slaved over, that are the pride of deviant art. Pete, your successes might not, might not take that as seriously as you. You have a son. You tell him, listen, son, I am the king of furry fan fiction. And you will take after me. And he says, Dad, please stop telling me this. I want to be a dentist. And you say, you shut the fuck up. You are going to keep practicing your anthropomorphic fox drawings. And when you turn 16, I'll teach you how to draw anthropomorphic fox dicks and titties. And you're going to love it, son. And he says, no. And you remember that section in Ecclesiastes where they said all of your labor is going to come to naught when you turn to dust. Because your your successes might not continue your labours. This is not autobiographical. I don't have a son. I don't do furry fan fiction. I don't know where that came from. Chapter four. How <laughs> not we just continue with chapter four of Ecclesiastes in uh, the Jack Bible study? Jack's Bible study with the book club from hell. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter, and on the side of their oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. Wherefore I praise the dead, which are already dead more than the living, which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they, which hath not yet been, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. This guy's gone. Full doomer. Full doomer. Better never to have lived. You hear that? If you're alive, you've already fucked up. Again, I considered all travail and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbour. That is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. On there, mate. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of the spirit. Oh, both your hands stuffed down your fucking throat as you're eating them. Then I returned and I saw vanity under the sun, which is all this guy really is seeing. He only sees vanity under the sun, but I'm glad that chapter 4, verse 7 clarifies that for us that he's seeing a lot of vanity under the sun. There is one alone. And there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet is there no end of all his labour. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, For whom do I labour and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity. It is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labour. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone. When he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again. If two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I would like also to say that the prose in this is truly beautiful. 
I don't, don't have anything more to add. I have no sarcastic comment. It's just beautiful, beautiful English. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king, who will no more be admonished. For out of prison he cometh to reign, whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. I considered all the living which walk under the sun, with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have come before them. They also that come after shall not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. So you got a bit of positivity in there, all right? So good to know other people. Um, I'm not going to disagree with that. Good to have. It's good to labour and have other people benefit from that labour. It's good to labour with someone else because you you produce more. Whether that's a good thing or not, you know, whether it's you know, the good reward for their labour if two are labouring, is that a good thing? Is that not vain? To, to benefit from your labour in that way, because maybe these two, yes, they're being more rewarded for their labour than if one were to work, but they're still going to die. They're still alive. They're getting cucked by life. Apparently, <laughs> you're better off never having existed. So I'm not sure whether I'm too stupid to see what this is saying or whether it is actually just self-contradictory, but if it is self-contradictory, it's self-contradictory in quite a profound way, because Ecclesiastes has been living rent-free in my head for the past month. And that brings us to chapter 5. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow, than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Okay, this is good advice. Follow through, mate. Have good follow through. <laughs> it's a life advice. I feel like there are some, um, maybe there's a market for this. I could become a life coach based on Ecclesiastes. It just, just take some of these things, tell people, okay, listen, if you can't follow through on something, just don't say that you're going to do it. Don't talk too much if you don't know what you're talking about. It's also good. You're better off never having existed. That's the kicker. That's the, that's the final lesson. Once I've made them pay me a lot of money, each stage you got to get you got to pay a little bit more before I reveal more of the truths of Ecclesiastes. It's only once you've sunk about half a million dollars into my extravagant prostitute and cocaine-filled lifestyle that I'm going to tell you, listen mate, you're better off never having existed. All right? That's the that's the ultimate truth of Ecclesiastes. Wherefore I praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which yet are alive. That's what I'll tell them. Where was I? Yeah. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also diverse vanities, but fear thou God. So, telling you to fear God, that's something, all right? Um, fear God. 
I mean, this is the Old Testament God. This is the God that would want you know all dudes to get circumcised and things like that. So, you know, a hard sell, but are you going to accept a life of vanity or not having your penis mutilated? Tough. Tough choice, actually. <laughs> if thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a labouring man is sweet whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. I mean, look, this is what I've always said. When people complain about things like inhumane working conditions, I'm not allowed to go to the bathroom. I had to do a poo in a paper bag because I had to meet my deadlines at the Amazon fulfillment factory. I say, listen, mate, it's here in Ecclesiastes. Papa Jeff, or no, actually, Bezos isn't isn't leading Amazon anymore. Whoever's the new the new slave driver at Amazon, he's the one suffering. You, the the plebeians, packing boxes, packing me my copy of Kaczynski's Technological Society over the internet to be sent to me, paid for with a credit card, magic internet money. Those people, they're the they're the lucky ones, the poor ones who don't earn much money. <laughs> they're they're the lucky ones. We should tax them more. We should we should tax them all to zero. We should put them in debt. They can they can get even happier. Even happier. I think we should have a regressive income scale to really to really balance out the world, to make the poor even happier by making them poorer. And we can get back at the rich by making them richer. So income tax for anything under ten thousand dollars a year, you know, quite a low income. I'd propose a 99% tax, okay? 10,000 to, say, 25,000, 75%, okay? And then, you know, for, for, for the people earning over, over, say, look, let's go low. Let's go. Let's really soak the rich. For anyone earning under $10 million a year, US dollars, any, any, over $10 million, sorry, sorry, don't misunderstand me. Over $10 million a year, 0% income tax. So this, this, is, this is how you really get at, the, get at the rich. This is what the Marxists should be thinking. They got it the wrong way around. Socialists wanting to tax the rich? No, 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 no. You want to drop taxes on the rich to make them richer, make them sadder, make the poor poorer. Their sleep will be sweeter. That's, that's the jack approach to saving society. Let's do that. I'm... I'm running for president. I'm not... Well, I was born in the US, but I'm not... I think you have to be over 35 to run for president. When I turn 35, the 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 jack-patented regressive income scale for taxation, that's going to be my signature policy. I'm going to get a tidal wave of votes, sweep into power. I won't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'll make the rich richer and the poor poorer. All based on Ecclesiastes... That's right. I'm slapping my Bible into the microphone. That's how you know I'm serious. Where the f- <laughs> where was I before I started? I started spitting the truth about how to how to fix inequality by making it worse. Ah, here we go. 
But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. And he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go, as he came, and shall take nothing of his labour, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath laboured for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Behold that which I have seen. It is good and comely for one to eat and to drink, and to enjoy the good of all his labour that is taken under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labour. This is the gift of God. You hear that? If you were, <laughs> he's probably not saying this. If you were born poor, it's your fault. It's, <laughs> he's probably not saying that at all. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. It's not all that positive. feels quite pessimistic in a lot of ways. You're on the earth for a very brief period. Enjoy the lot that you're given. Enjoy your labour, because you'll die. And your successors will probably fuck everything up that you built. Chapter 6 There is an evil idea which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honour, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul, of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. If a man beget a hundred children, and fucking hell, a hundred kids just pumping him out, this dude's a sperm cannon, and live many years, so that the days of his years will be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say, that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity, and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. That's going to be everyone's epitaph. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yet though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place? And, I mean, this is probably in the days of Judaism when, well, before... Christian eschatology came in and gave us a Manichaean heaven and hell for revelation in the New Testament started talking about people who followed Satan spending their eternity in the, the lake of fire. But yeah, damn, it doesn't matter what you do. We all go to the same place. I wonder if even if you follow God or fear God, if you just go to the same place as if you don't. I mean, if, if that is the case, then... Why not just go on a massive speed bender and then jump off a cliff? I, <laughs> I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. All the labour of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. That which hath been named already and is known that it is man, neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? 
For who knoweth what is good for man in his life, all the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow? For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Well, isn't that fucking God's job? Isn't that why I'm reading this? Anyway, chapter 7. I I don't know. I don't know. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. You're better off dying than being born, even if we're all going to the same place and returning to dust. This... It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. So is 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 mourning not vanity? Maybe maybe if you just if you just go full Jim Morrison, you're just sad all the time. Just you, you just make it your personality. You become an emo rapper and just constantly spam SoundCloud with songs about how you you don't like anything anymore, which is why you're just filling yourself up with Xanax and oxycodone. I don't know. Is that not vain? I mean, that's labour. So maybe if you if 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 you love making emo rap, and you for me still think it's 2016, and emo rap's relevant, maybe that's not vanity. Maybe if you're really really loving it, you're you're really really getting into your sorrow and your your melodrama, your melancholy, you are in the house of mourning because this is where your heart has improved. Maybe that's not vain. Just just don't make money from it to leave to your to your kids because you don't know what they're going to do with it. And that really seems to worry this guy. He may, maybe he had a shitty child and was worried about what they'd do with with what he'd built up in life. They were worried about the billions of dollars or whatever they had back then that he made off the bestseller Ecclesiastes, the page turner, was worried that this kid would inherit it and fuck everything up. Maybe that's maybe I'm I'm reading between the lines a little bit too much, but that's biblical scholarship. I'm an internet anthropologist. I'm an internet theologian too. I know what I'm talking about. That's that's, that's why very few people listen to me. Uh, <laughs> if you're one of the people listening to me, thank you. It is vanity to enjoy your support, but I enjoy it nonetheless. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For wait, so so their their wisdom does have a purpose. It's so it's vain for you to have wisdom yourself, but when you tell someone else off and you're wise, you're doing them good. Maybe doing them good is also vanity, but they're benefiting at least. In the context of um your your SoundCloud emo rap career. Maybe if every track is a diss track directed at the listener, telling the listener that they're a fucking idiot, and you're also really sad. You're you are you are so profoundly sad, largely because this listener, this listener whom you've probably never met, is such a moron. That rebuke, you're you're doing them good. So I, I, maybe maybe this is the way out. Your your emo rap career that you love, that you spend the entire time alternating between feeling sorry for yourself and insulting insulting the person who's listening. 
from the position of wisdom, you have to become wise first. Maybe just, I don't know, open every song with a Sun Tzu quote. That's what people who, who think very highly of their own intelligence seem to love doing. Just quote Sun Tzu continuously. Just make up Sun Tzu quotes. I don't give a shit. That's a Sun Tzu quote. Make up Sun Tzu quotes. Page 87 of The Art of War or fucking what? I don't know how many pages it is. I've never read it. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This is also vanity. <laughs> this also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. So in your diss tracks, you better do it from a position of equanimity, just very calmly tell the listener what they're doing wrong really admonish them make them make them feel like a real piece of shit but do it calmly don't don't get too worked up over it say not thou what is the cause that the former days were better than these for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this (laughs) evola could probably take a few notes from that wisdom is good with an inheritance and by it there is profit to them that see the sun For wisdom is a defence, and money is a defence, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous overmuch, neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? <laughs> don't, don't listen too much of our podcast in case you get too wise with all the clever things we tell you about. Fucking call the crocodile or whatever stuff we're thinking of reading next. Be not overmuch wicked. Neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? So you can be a little bit wicked. You can be a little bit foolish. Just just don't overdo it. All things in moderation, said a, <laughs> the renowned Christian. And, or, I mean, this, Ecclesiastes was probably written by a Jewish guy. So the, the renowned Jewish theologian, Aristotle. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Only in the city, though. None of these these provincial wise men or ten mighty men. Does it... I wonder what the the relative might of a mighty man in the city, say in Melbourne, versus the the relative might of a a provincial gentleman in, uh, in Wangaratta or somewhere in rural Victoria would be. These are the important questions that... This text leaves unanswered, and ultimately, that is why I find myself unsatisfied with it. Doesn't pertain to Australian society. This guy should have known about me. He should have known about where I. Where I. I, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to return to Ecclesiastes. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. 
for oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou, like, thy, thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. And this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied mine heart to know, and to search, and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things, and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman, whose heart is snares and nets, and her hands as bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken from her. And look, it's really not an episode of Book Club from Hell, unless there's a bit of misogyny. It's, uh, it... It's hard not to find misogyny, actually, when you're reading not even weird stuff, because, I mean, this is in the Bible. This is this is mainstream, or notionally. I don't know how many people have actually read through the Bible. But, yeah, look, it's now a real episode. It is a solo episode. We don't have Levi with us, but at least we have hit some misogyny, so it is now a real episode of Book Club from Hell. I have done my job. You are welcome. Behold. This have I found, saith the preacher, counting one by one, to find out the account. Which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. So he's, he's very equivocal about many things, but he's not equivocal about not trusting women. He's MGTOW. MGTOW Ecclesiastes. He's a pre-Christian MGTOWer. Um, going his, his own way. Good on him. Good on him. Not good on him. Um, he's probably the sort of guy who's um, going to tell you about beard maintenance. Ask you how you grew yours out. and um, He's one of those guys who probably is very, very particular about how you grill on barbecues. I'm sure men listening know the type. You've invited some people over. You're barbecuing. This guy comes up behind you and is obviously agitated, so you turn around and ask, can I help you? Or if, if you know him, you might greet him by name, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not a very friendly person. And he'll start telling you about how to cook sausages, how to grill a steak. And he's very agitated. That kind of guy. That's the kind of guy who grew at Ecclesiastes doesn't trust women, loves beards, feels that the essence of his masculinity lies in being able to barbecue. I don't know where this is going. It's going to chapter 8 because I don't have much more to say. I don't have Levi to bounce off. Who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and in that in regard of the oath of God, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. But wisdom is vanity, so... I mean, you can discern both time and judgment, but... It's still vanity and vexation of the spirit. Because to every purpose there is time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. 
for he knoweth not that which shall be. For who can tell him when it shall be? <laughs> if you don't specify what it is that shall be, then I, I can't help you there, mate. There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. All this have I seen, and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. And so I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. It's, uh, I bet you, weren't, you didn't see that one coming, that it's vanity. <sighs> What's not vanity? I don't know. Apart from your emo rap project. That's, that's, my, that's my working theory. That's um, thinking on my feet here. Expect my next track instead of the next episode. Little Peep, Little Jack. Lil Eveler, Lil Kali Yuga, World of Being. Verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. There is a vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men, unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men, to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I say that this also is vanity. Kind of equivocal there. I mean, I can, I can kind of see where he's coming from. It sucks to see someone who's, who's not very nice, someone whom you think is is doing the wrong thing, do well in life. But, I'd, look, I, I, I don't know. People respond to this in all sorts of different ways. Some people become red pillars when they see a, a woman go after a man that they just don't like, who, in reality, is probably just a lot more interesting than them. A lot more interesting than the kind of guy who's, who's going to cry because a woman he's never talked to talked to a man who actually did talk to her. And we'll, we'll just vent his spleen on Reddit and get really into... Creepy books about the game or something like that. And <laughs> talking about Red Pill in the context of Ecclesiastes. That's probably why we don't have many listeners. Because <laughs> because I I am just talking shit. I'm just saying the first thing that comes into my head right now with Ecclesiastes as the fuel. It's the, uh, the kindling of the fire of my mind. And it's vanity. Me complaining about all of these things. It's vain. Vexation of the spirit. I'm, I'm vexing my spirit for your entertainment or not. Maybe you're not entertained. Maybe I'm vexing your spirit as well. Then I commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labour the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. When I applied mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Because though a man labour to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. Look, there it is, some things you're not meant to know. That brings us to chapter 9. 
For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean, and <laughs> to the clean, right? And to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. There is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. <laughs> Life's a bitch, then you die. And you deserve it. You deserve it because you're evil. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. What do I have to do to make God accept my works? Apart from, like, just enjoy my bread and merrily drink my wine. I mean, is it that if you just enjoy your life, God will accept your works? You can do whatever the fuck you want if you enjoy yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I'm training to be a preacher in a megachurch. I need to work these things out. I will be giving my sermon, my inaugural sermon. Next week, I don't know where. I don't know what on. I don't. I'm. I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> I'm bullshitting. I'm full of shit. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest, lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun, all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life and in thy labour which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. So does that mean just everything's vain? Your life is vanity, so just... Just take it easy. Is that just to take it easy and love your wife because, look... He's already said he's not a fan of women, so this is the no girls allowed zone. Enjoy your wife. Um, I mean, it's the Old Testament, so gay people aren't quite cool either. <laughs> As a straight man, enjoy your wife. Eat your bread. Drink your wine merrily. Everything's vanity. You're going to be dead, and it's not going to matter once you're done. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Include, of course, of course, include the emo rap project that I've theologically derived from Ecclesiastes as a moral imperative. This is a, it's a normative statement. You should be starting that SoundCloud emo rap project where you just diss your listeners and talk about how miserable you are. That's a good thing. But as well as that, it's, are there any married emo rappers actually now that I think of it? I mean, you wouldn't have much material to work with, would you? Anyway, 
Back to the Bible. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor... I think I just read this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor to the battle, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favour to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city, and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. So perhaps within the context of vanity, you can still differentiate between certain things. So wisdom is vain. Strength is vain. Foolishness is vain. Weakness is vain. However, within these there is a hierarchy. Wisdom is better than strength. And wisdom, at least when it came to an earlier passage where he was saying that the, the fool walks in darkness, but the, the, the wise man is in the light, perhaps wisdom too is, is better, or perhaps has some utility greater than foolishness. How, however, it's still vain, but within the context of vanity, it is better to be wise. And he's at the same time saying there is so much chance in the world that despite the fact that this wisdom might be useful, might also not be. And even if it is useful in the case of this, this poor wise man who saved the city, no one's going to remember you. You will be forgotten. Maybe that's what they're getting at. Maybe, maybe this man is trying to tell you that it's all vanity and, look, you better just suck it up, enjoy your bread, drink your wine merrily, enjoy your labours, because you'll die and no one will remember you. Keeps mentioning God too. Uh, it's, uh, look, it's the Bible, it's probably not a big deal, this God character. A bit player. Chapter 10. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savour. So doth a little folly in him that in reputation for wisdom, that is in reputation for wisdom and honour. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. As an aside, anatomically incorrect, probably metaphorical. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to every one that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offences. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, as an error which proceedeth from a ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen servants upon horses, and princes walking as servants upon the earth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Right, oh. 
<laughs> Look, I'm an Australian and I know that you shouldn't mess around with snakes, but breaking hedges is not the first thing that I would have worried about. Probably more running through tall grass near a river. But look, it's, uh, he, he was riding in a different place, riding in Jerusalem, all right? Different, different place. Hedges there, I'd say. That's where the snakes live. Don't, don't mess around with the hedges. Whoso removeth stones shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Again, he's saying wisdom does have use in this world, although it is vanity. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. But the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. He'll swallow up himself in addition to eating his own hands, which is a that's a potent image. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be, and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? He keeps coming back to this. The labour of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning, and f- the fuck are you meant to eat? Maybe these guys are doing 16-8, intermittent fasting. This is a very indirect way of telling you that everything is vanity except intermittent fasting, to get that shred. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season, for strength and not for drunkenness. What are you eating if you're getting drunk? By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. That's... (laughs) All right, righto. Be very careful of birds. That's uh, you you can't trust them. I've said this many times. You, you can't trust birds not to read your mind and tell the king that you're thinking, you're thinking bad thoughts about him. They're just they're they're they're, they're no good. They're no good. Chapter eleven. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. I have no idea what to make of that. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. That's right. You can't do anything. It'll just happen. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest... Not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. So you're a dumbass who can't do anything. So just get to work. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold in the sun. But if a man live many years, and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. So even, is he saying that even dying is vanity? 
There's just there's no pleasing this guy. Absolutely not. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgments. <laughs> Mate, don't enjoy yourself too much. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. So I guess for your emo rap project, for your non-vain emo rap project, you better be at least middle-aged. There's, <laughs> there is nothing cooler than a middle-aged emo rapper talking about their high school sweetheart who left him for... For an arsehole, which is why they just went MGTOW, shut himself up in their room, don't talk to anyone, and just record emo rap. That's, there's not much of a crossover between MGTOW as an emo rap. I don't know what I'm saying. Chapter 12, almost at the end, home stretch. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor shall the years draw nigh, when thou thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. (laughs) Okay, it's... You're not going to enjoy being old, he says. Just just remember. Youth, that's the good bit. It's vain, but it's the good bit. Life's going to get worse, and then you'll die. Which is vain, but also is good, because he seems to think that the living are worse off than the dead. While the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars, be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he that rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosened, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge, Yea, he gave good heed, and sought out, and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable... Has this guy just started referring to himself in third person? This is why chapter 12 seems like it was just written after the fact. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further... By these, my son, be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring back, shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good, whether it be evil. The end. That's Ecclesiastes. You see, with with chapter 12, I feel like... I feel like the mystique is broken because the first half of chapter 12 just doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not a biblical scholar. I mean, I'm an, I'm an internet theologian, which means I know I know nothing. I don't understand the illusions being made there. Then the second half of chapter 12. So 
sounds like it's someone else writing about the original Ecclesiastes, the OG preacher, preacher talking about how everything is vanity. And they just talk about the preacher in third person and then in the last the last two verses say, yeah, by the way, worship God. That's actually what I've been saying the whole time. Ignore all of the other stuff about how everything is vanity and all of the confusing stuff that really makes you think and reflect on your life. No, just, just worship God. That's Ecclesiastes. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. I've been thinking a lot about how to lead a life that's not vain, what it even means to lead a life that is not vain, and if that's the sort of thing that that someone not only should aim for, but if, if that's something that someone can aim for. Towards the end of Ecclesiastes, he seems to be saying that one way or the other, your life will be vanity. So enjoy what what you're given. Enjoy your labour, enjoy the fruit of your labour. Although it is vanity, it is better to be vain and wise than it is to be vain and a fool. But still don't expect anything good to come about from from being wise or from being strong because fortune's a bitch and bad things might happen to you even if you do everything right and then you're going to die and you're going to be forgotten. I'm not sure if Ecclesiastes will mean as much to you, dear listener, as it as it does to me. I've read through it a few times and I'm I'm still thinking about it. It's still messing with my head. Hopefully I've I've uh I've passed these problems on to you as well because that's what I am to do. I aim to bring everyone down to my level, to to bring them down to my level level of neuroticism and anxiety about where my life is going. That might be my gift to you. I don't know. I don't have that much more to say. So uh, thanks for listening. More regular programming will be returning shortly. Levi and I are doing a follow-up to our episode of, of uh, Telepathic Dolphins with Ilana Selkie, where reading a book by her husband, Don Paris, PhD, about the SE5, a mystical machine that, having read the book, I'm still not sure what it does, but, I mean, he's charging a lot of money for it, so you can bet your ass it's good. As well as that, with, with Ed... Another friend of ours who has not been on the show yet, but will be. We are reading Ride the Tiger by everyone's favourite super fascist, Julius Eveler. That book's pretty fucking weird. It's easier than Revolt Against the Modern World. I'll give it that. It's a lot shorter. He does complain about jazz music in it at length, about syncopated dance music, as he he keeps calling it. One of his major problems with jazz turns out that it can induce possession. so he's he's really he's channeling the old man yells at cloud mindset really for your safety more than anything else to stop you getting possessed by listening to some john coltrane and getting possessed by a voodoo spirit which seems to be what he thinks will happen plenty of good things coming up i might do more solo episodes depending on how much people like them depending on whether I read something that I think would be kind of funny to cover or not. Really just according to my whims, because (laughs) I make the podcasts and I'll upload them. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for sticking with me through 
hopefully the first of many Bible study classes with me, or maybe with other people too. Maybe Levi and Ed will also be your guides through the, the Holy Bible. Thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>